Today, I'm chatting to Soraya Rose Santos, who actually went with me to nursery school. She's a talented South African actress and model born in Pretoria. She made her mark in the entertainment industry with her debut in the South African film, Free State. Her childhood experiences molded her resilience while her compassionate heart kept her empathetic and kind. With eight years of experience in the industry, she has worked in numerous local and international films, TV series, commercials, and campaigns. Her exceptional sense of humor and keen ear for accents distinguishes her, and she's known for her quick learning abilities and dedication to perfecting her skills. Not a lot of people know this, <laughs> but ding, ding, ding. Soraya and I grew up down the road from each other. Literally neighbors. Neighbors. Yeah. I can't do any accent, but... And we were in primary school together. Which I actually don't have a memory of, but I'm excited to see photos. And obviously being Indian, our, my auntie, <laughs> my dad's brother's <laughs> wife, who is actually also my mom's sister's daughter. Yes, I told you this is very complicated. Was our primary school teacher. She was my favorite teacher. Was she? Yeah. Miss Reenapa was the no. best. Okay, well, let's give her a shout out if she ever listens to this. <laughs> shout out, Miss Reenapa. <laughs> She's going to cover her legs. <laughs> Just to say salams. Um, and I think, yeah, you came to a few birthday parties of mine, you know, yeah. my family. And then we just never saw each other. But it's weird because you live like literally on the hill. You were the princess in the tower and I was at the bottom. Like just What are you saying about yourself that you weren't a princess? <laughs> I'm just saying that like your house always felt like um, Disneyland. It felt like oh. a maze. Well, yeah, that I think my childhood was interesting it felt like we grew up with 12 first cousins yeah so nice and all in that house your family didn't own a tv we owned a tv and but remember so many- it's five brothers my dad had five brothers oh, and all of them that. decided to have kids and they all lived in the same house yeah i remember that <laughs> so every day was basically a party yeah i mean we like the so you remember my cousins they we would go out into that treehouse outside and build mud cakes. And I remember just eating them sometimes. And then we'd be like, um, we'd be like the, what are those characters? N- not Ninja Turtles. Power Rangers. Yes. The Power Rangers was a huge trend when we were growing up. I always wanted to be the pink ranger, but my sister wanted me to be the yellow one because she liked the pink. I didn't know you had a sister. Yeah, my sister was... There most of the time as well. <laughs> this accent She's is a lot fairer than me. And you know, in that town, oh the, the white skin girls. Yeah. Mm, and I think that's that's literally how we grew up. Like if you were fair skinned and light eyes, you were the queen of the castle. Yeah. yeah. And it, your aunties would also make it so known be like, Oh, you so mashallah, look how white your skin yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. And we I just mean, I was like, being pulled out of the sun from the swimming pool because <laughs> I was burning. And they're so, like, Not today, not today. But this is the fear I have that not a lot of people in Cape Town understand when they're like, Let's go for a beach day. I'm like, Cape cool who's bringing the umbrella same then i'm there with this hat everything is covered a lot of sunblock yeah not that it helps but like a lot of sunblock because you just don't want to go darker yeah and it's it's so ridiculous because imagine us as little girls growing up going you're too dark i mean i used to be called names for being too dark i was literally the black sheep of my family i mean we won't mention names but i used to be bullied for my skin color yeah I had, like, to a certain degree, the bully as well for my skin color, except kids would be like, if your mom's white, why are you so dark? Wow. Yeah. That is ridiculous. How did you deal with that? I don't know. I think it, growing up, there was, like, a lot of um, issues that the family had at home. Um, so I was more focused on that and protecting that than dealing with mean kids in school. Mm. I was always like, oh, they I was very mature for my age being like, okay, you can call me whatever you want at school, but we you have real dealing, problems at home. dealing with a lot more. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't really an issue. So your mom's from Portugal. Yes. She was born in Portugal. She was born in Portugal, grew up in Mozambique, ended up in South Africa. On a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a boat to South Africa, to Mozambique. Fresh off a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, and then she met your dad. Yes, so they, uh, funny enough, my mom also used to be a model back in the day. Um, We're going to pull up a photo of her in the modeling days. I'll send you one. They're so cute. Um, And she she was doing some work in Pretoria, whatever, that brought her to Lodium. 
And yeah, that's how she met my dad. Um, For those who don't know, Lodium is like a really, really small town, like tiny town in Pretoria West, where Soraya and I grew up. And I've always been embarrassed. I think this is the first time I'm actually saying like where I'm from. There's like so much anxiety, like trauma, anxiety that comes up. But this is also like the amazing thing we've had the greatest potential of becoming friends. But I think for a long time, we both shied away from it because we're a constant reminder of where we've come from. 100%. And it's not like we're ashamed of where we've come from. It's just there's so many things that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like how we live our lives now. Mm -hmm. It had to be years of us fighting battles within ourselves, how we were taught, how we were raised. Yeah. That what we're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of judgment comes from small towns so it's not just our town like any other small town you know coming being South African there were so many small towns Mm -hmm. and I think and especially being the people we are we were very open to that like we were judged in all ways and I'm sure you were too and we didn't want to be associated with that judgment it just takes like those two people to say something terribly inappropriate for you to go oh I want nothing to do with you or this community. A hundred percent. I mean, I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but MXIT. Mix it. <laughs> mix, mix it. MX, I can't, like what? They, there were these like lists that went around when I was like oh, in yeah. grade 10, 11. And I was on every list, like the bitch list, the slut list. At least you made the list. I was non-existent constantly. I'm just like, do you people not know I exist? <laughs> Call me something. <laughs> and then when I left for Cape Town, they started a Gossip Girl page on Facebook. So I remember this. It's like the Punchat column. I know. <laughs> and then I was like all over this thing. And I'm like, that's when I like completely pulled away. And when I did Miss South Africa, I didn't even say I was from Lodium. Yeah. I said I was from Johannesburg. I mean, to be fair, I would have done the same. A lot of the times I also, I shy away from the topic um, mm. only because I was going through a lot in terms of, it was very hard growing up different in that community because I'm sure you can remember when we were going to school, it was unheard of for a family to have a white mom mm. and a, yeah. a Muslim Indian dad. Like it was just like, oh, that's strange. That's mm. weird. So I knew I was always different growing up and I knew I didn't look like my siblings because they were incredibly fair, just really good at, you know, academia. And then I was the child eating glue, you know, <laughs> that was like orange eating glue. So ask your aunt about this. Really? You know, I was the special kid in school. Sweet. Yeah. So it was like, um, so you have a brother and a sister. Yes. Okay. Older and are you the youngest? Yeah. How do I not know the spot? Cause you? they're a lot older than us. My brother, I think he left home when he was about 17, 18, um, to do provincial cricket okay. in the UK. And then after that, he fell in love with music and became a touring DJ I mean, he played everywhere from like Bali all the way up to um, Ultra Miami. He really So the stars run in the family. Literally. I I literally, there's not one doctor or lawyer in our family. So you can imagine the Indian family was like, of course, makes sense. The white mother, you know. Yeah. Um, We were, we come from a family where uh, our passions were very much nurtured. Um, the art side was very much like, even though my, my siblings are good at math and everything else, I'm not. Yeah. It was always nurtured, I think, because my dad, my grandfather used to own cinemas. And then my dad took over the family business, which was fixing radios. Which cinemas? I can't exactly tell you where because it was taken away during uh, a birthday. But that's but, so cool for your story of like how... You oh, know. but it also becomes the dark part of my story. Mm. So... I'm sure, as we all know, I'm an actress. Yeah. Um, well, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> also, your intro says you're an actress, but okay, you're okay. also my childhood friend who we are now reuniting after like. Reunited and it feels so good. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> so, back to the cinema. Yeah. So um, I believe my grandfather owned a couple of cinemas. Uh, it sucks because he passed away when I was quite young. So mm. didn't get to have conversations about it. And I was very much in my goth stage. My grandfather was an amazing man. Like, you know, the PMT mosque in Lodium? Yes. He built it. He wow. basically founded majority of Lodium. So he was quite um, a well-respected man in Lodium. So for his son, son to now to marry me. a white woman. Mm. But my mom was incredible, you know, um, 
what I really respected about her was she respected the religion. She respected the culture so much. She even got a Muslim name. But she didn't change who she was. Mm -hmm. She allowed us to be brought up with both Christianity and Islam, which I thought was incredible. Of course, yeah. Uh, I think it definitely made us more um, open-minded to the world. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't know there was a difference growing up. I was just like, okay, cool. So Friday, we're going to go Sivvy's Day to uh, Madresa. But then I would be like wearing a short skirt and people would be like, no, you can't do that. And I'm mm. like, what are you? But it makes life easier. I'm going to go to my uncle afterwards. You yeah. know, like it just it makes life easier. And I think I was just very confused growing up with how we, we grew up was be whoever you want. Versus a town telling us we can only be this person. And it's difficult because here you are trying to be yourself mm -hmm. and everyone's just telling you you can't be that person. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wrong. wrong. And the shame and guilt that comes with that too yeah. because you like, what am I doing wrong actually? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? That yeah. I like these things, especially mm -hmm. as like a young girl going, uh, I don't don't know what to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And there wasn't that outlet anywhere where you can be like to your friends. Mm -hmm. So it's that thing of you suppress who you are for many years. You do what you're told. You become a people pleaser too. Yeah, very much so. Mm -hmm. I'm still battling with this, learning the difference between people pleasing and wanting to make people happy just because I like being a good person. Yeah. I spent many years um, going through, oh, it's just better to be a bitch and close off to people and everything. So I'm not a people pleaser. But I think there's a fine line between helping those in need, mm -hmm. um, even if they don't see it, and pleasing people. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. You are, I mean, you're an admiration for me. I know there was a point where, like you said, I didn't want to speak to you either because I was just like, <laughs> Every, she's going to tell everyone. <laughs> she's, everyone's going to know where I'm from. And I was, again, I've also been dealing with that, like the, to just be fully myself and not mm -hmm. care what other people think. I want to know what happened. So we met in nursery school. Yes. And then you went to a different school, I think. Yeah. Or you stayed in the same school. No, I went so, to a different school. Okay. So in reality, what happened is my parents separated. Okay. Um, and then uh, I remember both my... How old my, were you? can't really remember her. It's quite young. Yeah. Uh, I think I was going on to grade six, maybe. Yeah. My first year of grade six, I had to repeat it. Um, so I repeated a year two, don't worry. <laughs> People think I failed grade two, but I just moved schools, guys. Failed grade two. I know, <laughs> but I was bullied for that. I went from Aww. a Muslim school yeah. to Crawford. That explains the accent. Oh, uh -huh. I'm joking. I'm so joking. But it was either Crawford or Girls High. I remember I, went I wanted to, both. to go. Okay, okay. Yeah. I remember I wanted to go there so badly, but we just didn't have the funds. Aww. So I ended up going to Littleton Primary, which is I actually kind of remember that. Yeah, our skirts were cute. I do remember... Um, so my brother and sister were in another school. They were... Wow. Pardon if I do said that wrong. Do they speak full Afrikaans? All of us can, yeah. Well, to a certain degree. Speak to me in Afrikaans. So I Okay, fine. Um, Continue in English, please. <laughs> thank you. Now that I have your permission. Um, so they were already in a high school together. Um, then my parents decided they were going to separate. So my dad had a, a very bad alcohol and drug addiction. But growing up in the community that we did, um, it was best to keep it to ourselves and hide it. Because mm -hmm. immediately it would be that thing of, of course he has an alcohol problem. He's dating a white woman, you know? Blame. Yeah. yeah. So that was very much the response we got from his side of the family. Um, but I was very young and I didn't understand. So I just remember I went from PMT, Pretoria Muslim Trust, to um, Littleton Primary. And I was so excited for a fresh start mm. where here it's kids of like all kinds of colors and backgrounds and everything. And here you're not judged because of how you dress. You can make friends with everyone. And yeah. yeah. But here, here's the problem. My teachers told me like, okay, until your mom buys your school uniform, you're going to have to wear your old school uniform. So I don't know if Stop. you remember the address or So just so people listening who don't know what you have to wear to a Muslim school. It's like a 
you're wearing like a full dress like with pants it, underneath with pants underneath a, and a, sc- a head yeah. scarf yeah so you had to wear that's to uh this and obviously that's judgment already from the other kids right so wow. it was at least it wasn't a PMS outfit. Do you remember the school PMS? Oh, yes. yeah, They've yeah. now changed their name to TMS. I don't goodness. know if we're allowed to say we hated those. <laughs> I think <laughs> everyone did. That's true. It's yeah. not, it can't be as bad as a girl's high dress. The green Is overall. Have you seen the green overalls? No, you're gonna have to show me. I will. We'll pull this. up one on the screen <laughs> right there. Um, okay, so you go to the school. Yeah. So then, then immediately I'm now getting bullied with people calling me silkworm. Because apparently my face was the only thing showing. So I look like a silkworm oh in the uniform. Gosh. And then because of like, you know, when your parents get separated um, and there's just like a lot going on, I very much took on the responsibility of looking after myself. I never wanted to be a burden to my mom mm. or to my dad with anything happening. And we were going through a lot. My mom was going through so much and I was just trying my best. I was always a very good kid. I was a bit of a rebel, but I was a kid with good morals. Mm. Um, so I started gaining a lot of weight. And then it got to the point where I was getting bullied at school, where everyone would like literally take their bin and empty it on me. No. Or throw their food at me. Or, and then at the time we had to watch that show, Super Size Me, where they talk about obesity within children. Guess who was getting pointed out every single day in class being the obese one. And then we had to do like, you know, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Bless <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> there's no cats in the room. Why are you being dramatic? No, I just usually, ha- and there's no mole, there's no cats. I don't know what it is. Anyways, we continue. Yeah. Okay, so it's. Um, it's also funny because my right eye of all days is twitching today because. <laughs> it means you're going to get money, girl. Is it? Who's sending me the money? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sleep well last night. Because you were just so excited. We so excited to see you, but yeah. actually because. I couldn't sleep because I'm getting, it's the time of the month and then I just got Oh, no way, me too. Oh, wow. My red Ferrari is on the way. Mine's going to drive up the road. I'm so glad you picked white couches for today. Perfect. (laughs) But it's fine. It's a rental. (laughs) Shout out to Macasa Properties. We're totally just joking. (laughs) Um, Not kidding. So back to... Bullying and Bullying and yeah. How did yeah. you deal with that? Were you just... Again, there was just so much hardship happening at home, um, which I don't know. Like, I just learned how to become characters in a mm. way where I'm like, these kids are probably going through something as well, but I'm yeah. not going to bring this that's drama That's so home. big and mature of you at that I age. I know, that's why I'm such a child as an adult. Do you know what I mean? Like, I never really got to have a child that I had to be so mature. I'm like, okay, mom has a lot going on right now. Like, from selling jewelry just to be able to afford rent or for me to go to school. Like, you know, stuff that she grew up with that meant something to her. I saw the sacrifices she was making for us to have a good life. the most for you you guys, yeah. So I was just like, I'm not going to be like, oh, this kid said I'm fat at school. That is massively big of you. Um, yeah, and I took it upon myself to, I'm like, okay, cool. I will prove to each and every one of you I can lose the weight. You're mm. still going to be assholes. Yeah. You know, this is as good as life is going to get for you. So how did you start that journey? Oh, um, no, I was terrible. Obviously, because we're like <laughs> in the early 2000s, how does one lose weight? Yeah. Starving themselves. So oh, no. I went from two extremes in literally like the space of, Two years. Mm. Um, I remember my gran. You know how the grands used to give you five rand coins for the tax shop? Mm-hmm. The tax so. shop money. The best. Oh my gosh. And you used to get so much from five rand. Literally. You could so buy much. a pie. You could buy a chocolate. Chappies. You could buy a cola. Oh, you were a chappy girl. Chappies. And then, you know those orange sweets? Oh my God. My nose is so blocked. But anyways, um, you know those, those orange sweets? Yeah. Those orange sweets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know what they were called, but they were so tasty. Was it like the ones that it's hot candy? And then they made like. No, it wasn't like hot candy. I'm thinking of the clown ones. Do you remember the clown ones? No. They were just like. So Nani or Daddy used to give you five rand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, we'd go. And so my eating disorder ended up accidentally. Okay. It would be that thing, okay? I saw how much my mom was spending for food, I saw the stress, everything. So whenever my grandmother used to give me that five rand coin, I used to save it. 
Wow. I started saving money. Until today, I have this habit of like coins, anything. You'll just find a drawer full of coins or money because I'm like, okay, at the end of the week, we can use that to buy a loaf of bread and milk and whatever. So I wasn't eating at school. And my mom knew I would get tuck shop money or she would give me tuck shop money. Life was really preparing you to be a kick-ass adult. Like literally you've had all the (laughs) things that like are going to make you an incredible awakened adult. Literally, literally. Because now you've developed this eating disorder, which is something you would need to work through over the years. So So, now you... It was just a thing of, I, I don't think it was... I think it was a good thing to happen in a sense of the way it happened was very wrong. Don't get me confused. But I think it was good because it helped me discover my passion for health Mm. and, you know, fitness. Where now it's like, okay, cool. I enjoy working out. I enjoy doing X, Y, and Z. It's being more body conscious of myself and what I put into my body versus Mm. back then it'd be like, oh, I'm sad. I'm going to eat. Now it's like, I'm sad. I'm going to go run and get endorphins instead of instant gratification. Yeah. How long did that process take? When did you... In all honesty, I'm not sure. It feels like it could have been anywhere between like six months to a year, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do remember when I I started high school, I was now too skinny. Imagine being too fat in primary school. And then going to high school and being too too skinny. skinny. And now getting bullied. You know, so it was just like, kids are going to be assholes regardless. It's how you choose to, to process react that information. To yeah. yeah. What so. advice would you give to kids in school today? Because especially with social media, mm. it's so much bigger. I feel sorry for this generation. I do. Me too. Because it's and like, it's also permanent. Mm. If someone bullies you, it's permanent. Even though if it's deleted off the internet, whatever, people can take screenshots, people can save it. Yeah. That data is on the internet forever. I I don't know and I don't understand because also 15-year-olds of today are not like what we look like no. in 15-year-olds. I mean, we were like dancing to Britney Spears and the... Do you remember the glitter eyeshadow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everything was like jeans and a t-shirt. And yeah, then yeah. If you could fit into a pair of jeans. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, I was such an awkward child in my whole school life, but we're not. Gonna, we're talking about you today because we want to know your story. No, you, she was not an awkward child. She's lying. She had this beautiful long hair. You were always so pretty and well. Have you even seen my childhood pictures? Do you remember? No, I remember the occasional time of bumping into each other. Remember that really dark time when I dated your cousin and you just come and say. <laughs> Sorry, I totally forgot. Sorry, I we don't have to get into cousins. that detail. No, but. This is how far back we go. Um, so back to dancing to Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to be in the family. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But I'm glad you're not. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. You know what? This podcast is all about being undeniably ourselves. So Yeah, but we have a lot that we just choose to deny. Like I choose to deny that past. It never happened. No, no, no. Um, I read something. I don't know where. Also, by the way, is this your first podcast? I think so. you're my first. Yay. I've been saving myself for you. Thank you. I think it's so important to share your story. And people, the point of this podcast is people see you. They see a version of you. Oh, is we that both. why there's cameras? Yeah. How's it? (laughs) People see a version of you, but they don't know your actual story. And I think you have a powerful story. I think we've spoken about this in passing when like now and then we'd see each other in Cape Town. I think there's a lot of girls that will be inspired from this, you know? And I want, yeah, like what advice would you give to people that are struggling with bullying, that are struggling with, their eating disorders at school, what advice would you give to younger girls that are in a similar situation as you, kind of like to your younger self? It's that thing of, hold on, it gets better. No matter what another person thinks of you, does not determine the value you have within yourself. Whatever you want to do, you do it. People's opinions mean nothing. Unless they're paying your rents, putting a roof over your head, even then it doesn't really matter. Follow that thing in your heart that you really want to do. Make it happen. But here's the thing. Our hearts are silent, but our voices of doubt are very loud. So you have to make that conscious decision which one you're going to follow. I love that. 
I love that so much. And And also to add on to that, another thing I was reading, just to lighten the tempo uh, a bit, um, I read that hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. and traumatized people want to make the world better. So understand when someone's hurting you because they're hurting themselves. They don't mean to. They just need an outlet of what they're going through. So it's like passing the guilt or the blame on. Like, it's now your problem. So what are you going to do with that? I really do believe we all have a choice. 100%. Every day I choose. What do you choose? I choose to put this outfit together. Also, I love the outfit. We'll talk about this outfit for a second. (laughs) I think you dress as a schoolgirl because we met in school. You did. Undeniably, I did. I love that. Also, um, talking about school, you left school. Uh, I dropped out of school. She's a high school dropout. I don't put that singing voice in. Thanks, (laughs) Nina. But yeah, I read that and I was so surprised by it because I didn't... You read that? Is it online? I read it somewhere. I, I had to do research on you. It was so weird because I'm like... Not like you have my phone number when you could call me and be like, I know, hey. but then we're having the podcast on the phone and not right now. In fact, know? facts, yeah. So you're a high school dropout and so is Kanye West. <laughs> I don't know in this particular climate if that's a good thing to be compared to. So I'm just going to not react. You're going to let me finish. <laughs> yeah, not react. Carry on. Um, no, anyways, you're a high school dropout. Most high school dropouts are like have super good success stories and you're one of them. So Building it still. That's, but still, what you've accomplished from when you left school to now, I think mm-hmm. it's great. So you were discovered as a model. Yeah. Can and you talk to me about that? Too. How did that happen? Uh, I remember hanging out with a friend his mom needed um a model for their clothing line when you're in school yeah I was still in school I uh, needed a model for their clothing line and I was homeschooled at the time uh and so I didn't know that I was pretty I, I was very unaware that I was aesthetically Pleasing. Gorgeous. I still had a monobrow. Still like, you know, the little... little Can we please put that photo up? Just (laughs) like before. Before I became attractive. Um, Your soul was always attractive. I hope so. Like trauma really made me funny and I've like perfected it. So... So I'm excited to bring this funny side out now. We've done the, the deeper stuff. but we're You not call that we're deep? Not. That was just me having an everyday conversation. I love it. I honestly, Thank I live you. for those conversations. And I think the way to heal is to speak. This is... To share so, stories. Um, spoiler alert. When you come onto these podcasts, they do send you the questions in advance. Uh, when I was mm. reading some of these questions, I was like... I actually said to myself, uh, am I... Because, I mean, the whole premise of it is undeniably you and I was like how deep do I want to go with this because there's a lot I have to say there's a lot of things where I'm like I want to protect my family especially my father's legacy like I don't want to just throw him under the bus and then I was like actually I can just tell small parts of the story you don't have to tell everything everything. yeah people they can judge me for that and everyone has an opinion these days not everyone's opinion deserves to be heard you know and I'm like they can make their own conclusion what they want off of what I'm saying, but yeah. I'm going to stick to the name of the show and be undeniably me. I'm so grateful for that because that that's one of the reasons that I also really wanted to chat to you because it allows me to be vulnerable as well. You know, it's, it touches a root for me that yeah. is special and it's like I want to start speaking my truth to you without yeah. caring about the comments and judgments you know? Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Guys, um, if we both go and visit Pretoria anytime soon and you don't hear from us, please know our aunties watch the show. <laughs> yeah. We are not coming back. This is an SOS. <laughs> yeah, just, you know where to find us or not. <laughs> Google. <laughs> so you're, mo- you're modeling. Let's go back to... Okay, yeah. So playing, I think it was soccer with a friend or I can't really remember. His mom needed... Soccer? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We used to kick the old uh, leather skin around. So that's, I guess, your tomboy side. I've you, always like... been a tomboy, to be fair. I've always been a, a tomboy. Um, I think my modern career made me be okay with my femininity, and I'm so grateful for that. Mm. Um, but yes, we were playing soccer or something like that, and his mom was like, oh, I need a model for my clothing line. It was like Indian bridal kitchen. Oh. 
And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And she asked if I wanted to do it. So obviously went home in utter excitement and told my mom, someone wants me to model their clothes. And my mom being excited for me was like, okay, cool. This is what we need to do. So we started shaving my legs, waxing my eyebrows, threading my eyebrows. For the first time. Everything so excited. Also how cool that she noticed, like you were like, I have this unibrow, I don't like it. How special is that? My mom always told me leave it. Like my mom was always my number one fan going, you're beautiful. One day when you grow up, we'll Mm. sort it out right now. Just leave it. Don't get rid of it. It will grow away. Yeah, yeah. You know, meanwhile, she just thought if you put me in the sun, it will go blonde. (laughs) That's, my mom was exactly the same. Like we weren't allowed to wax and stuff. Until she was so like, this is where my mom got it from because guaranteed those aunties were busy having tea together 100% 100% <laughs> chatting about how to raise daughters <laughs> especially with the one about. I mean these days girls are doing their everything from 12 so it's just it's like a what do you world. know about being a kid these days like is there even I feel like your childhood is so short but I thanks agree. to social media you have to be an adult way sooner I agree which is, oh man, that's sad. That's sad. Like just, oh, anyways, swiftly along. Uh, so yes, got, ended up doing this photo shoot. Next thing I knew it was in that, do you remember that Essay India magazine? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was on covers in Essay India magazine. I was the whole, like, you know, I don't know what you call it, but it's like a full spread. Cover girl. So you're on the cover and then sometimes it'll just be advertising. Oh, yes, the yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So Do you still that. have that? My mom has a collection, oh. yeah. And then I was in Billboard, on Billboards, not in Billboards. I was on For Billboards. the same brand. Yes. Incredible. And then I ended up getting discovered. Uh, unfortunately, like a lot happened, so I don't have much of a memory. <laughs> but a lot happened, got discovered. Here we are now, almost, I want to say 14 14 years later, yeah. 13, 14 years later, still doing modeling. And how did the acting come about? So this is why, I remember uh, the topic we touched on, what an amazing story with my grandfather owning cinemas. Yes, yes. Coming back to this. So the acting came about where I knew to certain parts, acting or storytelling rather has always been a passion. Um, so we don't fall far from each other. This is my like storytelling through podcasts, but... It's, it's your way of sharing, right? Mm. It's your way of connecting with those people that are out there in the world, letting them know that they're not alone, what they're going through. And it took me a very long time to realize that acting is something I wanted to do and I didn't do it for daddy's approval. So coming back to the light skin, dark skin thing and the fact that my dad had a bit of an addiction with alcohol and drugs, um, when he was on these little trips and things like that. He used to comment about how dark my skin was. And as a result, I wasn't his. So he made it very aware that I was the child he didn't want. Um, And I knew how much he loved cinema. So part of me thought, if I make it onto that big screen, my dad's going to want me. But plot twist, (laughs) he passed away um, exactly a year before I made my first on-screen debut. And um, so as you know, our people get buried the same day. So passes away in mine's and my mom's arms. It was very hard to watch. Um, And a week later, I was already rehearsing this performance, but a week later was our final year exams. And I did a play written by Ishmael Muhammad called Cheaper Than Roses, where the girl talks about leaving her father's funeral in speaking about how she didn't, how he didn't want her in order to give her a better life. So I performed it, it was great. It was a dark comedy, so people in the audience that knew what was happening in my real life were in tears, the people that didn't were laughing. And that day I was offered my first leading role. I got signed to an agency and the following year I did two movies back to back, um, a TV series, And I was signed to an agency and I was living my dream, which was shortly lived because (laughs) once I made a bit of money, I wanted to go traveling. So I went to Europe, what I thought was only going to be a month. I possibly came back to nearly three years later because I needed to discover who I was and if acting was truly my calling in life or did I do it to get this man's approval that's not even here anymore. You had to heal too. You had to yeah. you had to look within. That's yeah. Yeah. You're so strong. I literally am tearing. Like that is 
That's powerful. It felt good to say. Yeah, that was the first time I said it out loud in a wow. while. Yeah. yeah. And I think you did the best thing by doing that and going for that self-discovery because you, you mentioned that your acting comes from experience of life. And so going on this, it's a new experience. It's a way of healing. It's a way of coming back and yeah, injecting that into your... It's very true. And that's essentially, I think, why I'm so addicted to my job in a sense of you can truly turn your pain into paychecks. And even though something's horrible right now, it's a life lesson. You store that up, you use it in a part, in a scene, in a moment, and you never know who that's going to help. So you have a whole toolbox. Yeah. Did you think the traveling gave you the answers you were looking for? I think I was very blinded in the beginning, going, oh, well, that didn't work out. What's next? You know, kind of a thing. I I tried also getting back a childhood that I didn't really have. So was working like small little waitress jobs here and there. Where did you go? So I went to Belgium first because you I went to You have to say them in accents. I'm uh, not going to listen if you don't. I don't even know how to say a Belgium accent. <laughs> So I went there first. We'll get to the accents. Okay. And then I went to Canada, mm-hmm. which was absolutely amazing It was beautiful. I went to go stay with my brother for some short time. And then from there, I can't do the rest of the accents. It's fine. Just say it them. starts getting offensive. <laughs> okay. And then I went to like South Korea for some time. That's amazing. Yeah. And That's then I went a- to London and I worked as a waitress at this one specific nightclub. I don't know why I've decided to go with this accent. It's just like a gaudy accent. Let's fucking go with it. It's so great. Thank you, love. Thank you. I think yeah. it's the tan skin and like the fact that I'm wearing so much makeup. It's, so It's great. <laughs> I wish I could speak back like that. But oh, it's really easy. You should definitely try it sometime. Yeah, yeah. like I, I'll just be American. Well, well, was that American? No, it was, it was confused. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> So yeah, you know, like I ended up in, now I'm doing American for some reason and that's okay. So I ended up in like uh, London and I think this is where my journey of self-discovery kind of came to an end. I ended up working in a nightclub and uh, there's something very strange about working in a nightclub where you see how dark people can be. Mm -hmm. Where that just makes you go, I don't want this. I do not want to be these people. No judgment, but these are not my people. Yeah. I felt, no matter how much I would sleep, I felt emotionally... Drained. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just... And I felt nauseous and constantly so unhappy with myself and irritable. I felt like I'm not where I need to be. Yeah. Um, And I did... It's like acting is also an addiction on its own. You crave it. Like... So I came back home, um, decided to sign with an agency and work again from the ground up. Because everything you've done, if it's then, it doesn't matter. It gets forgotten. Yeah, it's like, okay, what are you currently working on? What's the next thing? Yeah. You know? So I've done that. And ever since then, I've literally been trying to find my way in the industry as well. Being trying to find my own voice in the industry because as much as we are a rainbow nation, we're also a very segregated nation in terms of our what's on TV. That was, that's something that I really wanted to talk to you about, your experience with that, you know, and how do you navigate through that? It's a struggle sometimes to be told that you're not enough of something. Mm. So, oh, we loved you, but you don't really look Indian enough. I can totally relate. I mean, doing commercials, you know, you, yeah. they want the typical Indian there you girl literally from have to Durban. Match you have to be in a box and, and then you have it. to have a specific accent. And yeah. it's like, you cannot just play a role. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I totally, there's a roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, this is also what makes me super frustrated with the South African um, industry. And I do believe we're going to get to the Americans' point eventually. We're going to get there. We're going to be so amazing, but it takes us to build the foundation now. Um, where the difference between South Africa and America is America makes stars. South Africa wants ready-made stars. And thanks to social media, you know you can buy that little blue thing next to your name. That's new, photos. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently it hasn't hit South Africa yet. That's why Do you have a I don't have next it. your name? No. Apparently, wait, Instagram says I'm not the person I'm claiming to be because I'm a verified artist on Google, but in, because my legal name and my stage name are not the same. Oh, wow. So Instagram's reasoning for not verifying me is I am not the person I'm claiming to be. If this could be evidence. 
That you are. Can you please verify Soraya? Thanks. At Instagram. At Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just the back to the acting space and the dynamics in South Africa. What? How do you feel like you can change that? Do you? Are you? Is that something you're passionate about? Do you? Or extremely, be- extremely passionate about? Um, I think it's really that thing of uh, deciding as well when you get a project understanding the difference between um, a passion project Mm. and knowing that they just don't want to give you budget. Mm -hmm. Because my um, worth and value as an artist isn't just for me, but I'm building up other people like me, Mm -hmm. my my co-stars, my peers, everyone, my competition. It's that thing, if I say no to a job because of how much they are willing to offer me, it has nothing to do with ego or anything like that. It's value. Yeah, it's value. We're mm. supposed to build up as a community. So that's like the one thing. The other thing is I truly, truly wish that South Africans understand. And I think it is very beautiful because I've experienced this with a lot of my um, peers who I'm very lucky enough to call some of my best friends, but everyone else, the outside world has labeled us as competition. It is that thing of walking into the audition room and hyping each other up Completely. as opposed to tearing each other down. 100%. There's enough jobs. And your path is kind of your path. You yeah, know? no one can it's take like something away. No one away. can take something that away from mine. you if it's... Exactly. Exactly. If it's meant for you. But that's something I had to learn too. I mean, you have to learn... You're going to so many castings. Mm-hmm. You're getting this rejection. You have to learn that it's not about you. It's just not meant to be for you. But can I say something that I've learned over these years? Yes, please. I 100% agree with what you're saying. But we're also told, oh, just walk it off. Forget about it. Rejection comes, da, 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 da. I think it's so healthy for us to cry about that rejection. 100%. Bitch yeah. to your mom. Bitch to your friends. Tell them I really wanted it. Mm. Because what I noticed, what built up is I'm so used to rejection in my work life. I'm so used to being hard, you know, oh, it's not about me, it's not about me, that it filtered into my personal life. Yeah, that where I became that person point. where, oh, it's not about me. I don't take anything personal. It's not about me. And it it made me this little sensitive ball because you can only take on so much True. where your body is like, make it about me. Yeah. So it is that thing, be the I cried character. like a baby when I didn't make it to the top 12 in Miss South Africa. I was excited. Loki, my mom let me know. My auntie told me, Auntie really? Juby told my mom. Oh. And then my mom told me, and I was like, oh, that's cute. I was super judged back for that. Like, but. I thought what you did was incredibly strong. Thank you broke you. the stereotype. Never in my life would I think growing up in Lodium, I would see a Lodium girl in Miss South Africa. Also, I noticed you're not wearing your contact lenses. That was big for me. I was like thinking about it yesterday. So I wore contact lenses, guys. I swear. I used to wear blue, green. Mine's just blue. And I used to change it up. And I even had these like purple looking ones. I started with the purple ones and people asked if I was blind. And I was like, wow, that's, that's hectic. I'll show you some photos of me where I was like literally always in my contact lenses. And then I think it's when I moved to Cape Town that people would like... You don't... We don't do that here. We don't. But it, Cape Town really brought out the most natural self in But me. do you remember like growing up again, I say, it comes back to that, oh, if you had light eyes, light skin, you were the chosen ones yes. in Lodium. So it is that very much that mentality. <laughs> Sorry, can you just say that again? You were the chosen ones in Lodium if you had <laughs> light eyes, light skin, and don't forget the blonde highlights. Don't forget the blonde highlights. So in my mind, because that was our habitual circumstances growing up and that was considered beautiful, Mm -hmm. that was considered uh, worthy, obviously it's something that we took to heart where it's like, okay, I will be as pretty as they make it out to be the aesthetic that they've described. So it is wearing um, the contact lenses, going for the blonde highlights. Yeah. You remember the blonde highlights? I remember. Stage. I mean, I never did Wasn't yours ombre? I wasn't allowed to. Oh. Well, I did go through a phase where I was like, I want to be blonde. <laughs> and then I think... And then there's shades of face that are too light oh for us. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's bad. It's actually... I mean, going to India now in Mumbai, there's multiple whitening skin products yeah, like yeah, multiple yeah. and my not gonna mention names again but you they used to bring me whitening creams oh that's sad i know i used to see toothpaste on my body because i don't like if it whitens my teeth it would whiten my 
everybody. For real? Wow. That's why I'm always minty fresh. You can't mince it with how it smells. Yeah, she smells in. so good, guys. If you could only smell her through the camera. We need smell-o-vision. <laughs> um, it's funny. But yeah, that's pretty much where the blue eyes stem from. Yeah. I think it was a combination of that. And I was obsessed with the saying when I was a child where eyes are the windows to the soul. Um, so I just didn't want people to see how sad I was. You have the most beautiful eyes and don't change them to your lenses anymore. Because they're so dark. Because they're so pretty. You know, you're, it's unique. And um, when was that change? When did you have this like... Oh, this has been like for the last two, three years now. Okay. But the problem is I still have um, a couple of my headshots and mm. on my Z card with the blue eyes. Every now and then a client would be like, oh, can we get blue eyes, Soraya? Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Like, That's fine. That's also for work. Yeah. yeah. And you know how expensive it is to update a book every time. And I'm like, one yeah. or two of the photos are really great. So I'm like, okay, might as well just keep a pair handy just in case. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole thing that's popped up on my Instagram advertising for contact lenses. And I just, I'm like, <laughs> universe. After sad. this like, podcast, it's just going to be podcast, lights, oh, lights right, because skin. we're talking to our phone. What else should yeah, we say? Like, should we addiction. wait? Um, well, holiday in Bali. Um, lots and lots of therapy. <laughs> so much therapy. Drum um, and bass concerts. <laughs> Louis Vuitton, not Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton, no Louis Vuitton. I want Dior, not Dior. Sophia's clothing line. Yes. But that's fashion. also a question I have. Wait, wait, um, coming back to now sorry. that I said Sophia. Um, Sophia. Yeah, is yeah. it Sophia? Sophia? How do you prefer your name to be pronounced? It's Sophia. Okay. Um, oh my god you know what let's talk about that but they're gonna judge me now and they're probably gonna call me this for the rest of my life yeah baby come talk ma my entire family entire family still today my nickname is Safu they used to be syphilis I mean that's me Mine, mine's is Susu, which means to Susu's be. Susu is great. Oh, curly Su. Do you remember? Yes, yeah, cur- but that's cute. Su. I feel like it's better than Sifu. No, it's cute. Siflu. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so that was my nickname growing up. And that's what we are now going to change the podcast. Undeniably You by Sifu. <laughs> it's a perfume. Oh, well, I'm just going to look at these few cards. <laughs> Amazing. So, I mean, my shoelace got undone because we're unraveling in this podcast. But apparently, Sue has a superpower of unraveling. So, as soon as her shoelace came undone, uh, lovely Gio behind the camera was like, "Oh yeah, it just it just poofed." And I was like, "Yes, I have that effect. Check your zipper." And he was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. And so now we're back. We're back. Um, what is happening in your world? Like, what are you working on now? Any exciting projects? I've recently moved agencies from uh, to my dream agency. I've wanted to sign with them since 2014. Finally, with them, them. MLA shout outs. I'm very excited to be part of the family. So uh, it's it's always like a little bit of a rough start in the beginning, going for a lot of auditions as much as you think I'm an incredibly successful actress, which I do think I am, I've managed to turn my dreams into reality. I pay the rent with this, this dream that I'm living. Um, it is a bit of a rough start. You know, it's um, figuring out exactly where I belong in the industry as well, like which parts, etc. cetera. Uh, because you're still growing, right? Like even as a person. So like... Mm-hmm. And also I'm, I'm tired. I don't mind it, but... I want uh, roles where I can actually show my talents and bear my heart and my sleeve versus being there because I'm aesthetically pleasing, Mm -hmm. you know? So it is very much that breaking out of the box as everyone always says in good old Hollywood. Um, And I'm working on myself as a person because my legacy that I want to leave behind one day is like, sure, she was a good actress, but damn, she was a good person. Um, So I'm really... Yes, queen. I'm really working on myself That's as so a person. And you never stop working on yourself, mm-hmm. right? You're going to keep learning things. And as you evolve as a person, so will your roles and so will your perspective on life. No, the roles, yes. they're evolving now. My roles are also <laughs> evolving, literally. 
Yeah. <laughs> not funny. We're funny, not funny. Okay, so to this, I've been wanting to ask you this question. <clears throat> Just clearing the voice for. Do you want some of my water? No, I'm actually fine. Okay. <laughs> Who would your dream actor slash actress to work with be? Oh. My dream actor slash actress is to fly over the rainbow so high. I want to say Keanu Reeves. Ooh, hottie. Apart from him being like aesthetically amazing. I I think we very much have the same morals and outlook on life. Um, He's also a huge fan of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So am I. Uh, I just think he would be an incredible... uh, role model to be surrounded with just to figure out like how his brain works how he's the he's like the rebel of Hollywood right Mm -hmm. regardless of how amazing and his life is he's still so down to earth so humble so beautiful untainted by Hollywood itself and I think that's who I aspire to be like. I used to have, yeah, I used to have in my Instagram bio, the female version of Keanu Reeves. I can see that (laughs) and also if Keanu Reeves is listening just She's saying. available. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Just like a casual flag. Yo, Keanu. <laughs> but she's also available for a film. Yeah. yeah. Movies. Movie purposes. <laughs> um, okay. And when you're getting prepared for a role, yeah. what, how do you prepare for a role? Oh, there's so much that goes into it. So first I start off with the technical. The Kalima. <laughs> the Kalima. <laughs> To a little bismillah before we open the script. Um, the Masha technical. Ma- Sorry. <laughs> it's like, it's all these things that I haven't heard in such a long time oh. as well. So the technical side. Yeah, the technical side. So this is like where you go back to basics, what you learned in school, etc. You're given circumstances, imaginary circumstances. And then I really like to spend time with the character, fishing out who they are from like the little character traits that are within the script to what I've created for them, figuring out who, like even their birthday, what star sign they are, what kind of music they like to listen to, um, gathering so like all really this information. really getting into the character's yeah. mind and what they're about. It's yeah. almost like, uh, so what I do for a living is I, I bring a piece of paper to life, you know, and it, it's that thing of I am lucky enough to be a vessel for something, like, be a canvas for another artist. So I want to do it justice. Mm. I have the most fun taking the funnest job seriously. You know, I really just take my time with it, figure out who this lady is, what is she like, what is she, what she doesn't like, even if she has problems. So it's, the prep is um, a lot of time by myself, being a terrible friend, being a terrible daughter, being a terrible girlfriend where no it's one can reach me. It's part of the me. job, right? Like mm. you have to immerse yourself in that character. So yeah. understandably so. I give so much of my heart and soul and emotions to these beautiful creations on pieces of paper that I just want to do a good job. What's been your best role so far? My best role so far, I think, hasn't happened yet. Um, I like that. Yeah, I think it hasn't happened to yet. To be continued. Literally. But there was there was one that comes pretty close to heart. Um, this was a, a show in SABC3 called Signal High, season two. It was a story of a young girl who unfortunately was a bit of a bully, a social media bully. But it also tells her side of the story. And you realize sometimes villains are victims whose stories haven't been told. And I thought it was very precious in the sense of she had curly hair. I mean, where would you ever go to school with your wild curly hair? And people go, that's acceptable. When I was growing up, it was like, no, it's untidy, tie it up, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a thing. So there was a lot of things there um, within telling the show where I was like, flip, this is cool. This is what I needed to see growing up Mm -hmm. to understand that I'm not different. And that's where it gave me a the motivation of, okay, cool, let's keep on telling stories like this. Fulfillment that I'm giving back. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Okay. Your talent for accents. Yes. Is impressive. (laughs) I'm really good with my mouth. Yeah. I would like you to give us a demonstration after you have a sip of water. Yeah, it takes a lot, you know. This is going to be fun, guys. Ah, some ASMR. (laughs) 
that was water. <laughs> it's not doing anything. So, so yummy. Tell me, tell me. Oh, sorry for accents. Uh, okay, how about we play a game? Pick one. A game? A game for accents? No, just pick an accent and then I'll do oh, the rest. Okay, okay, American. Um, all right, so my favorite one to do right now is more like on the Courtney Kardashian side. Australian. Uh, Travis! Uh, Australian. Okay, they can just give us a second to. I'm nervous, guys. There's a lot of cameras. <laughs> Australian is actually very easy to do on most days, especially for South Africans, because we're really talking in that part of our bodies. So that's what, Indian. Um, so basically, my dear friend and I, yeah, we've known each other since we were babies, which is a lot of fun. Tell them more. Totally. <laughs> totally. I know you can do this on a confidence. We have an Italian in the room, so I'm going to try and be like, eh, grazie, ciao, um, prego. And now I'm just using Italian words. It's uh, how you say it. Uh, Colored. How you just almost spin it on me like that, my brusta. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh Are you from the plane? I am, came off a plane. <laughs> I told you the thing about I don't know why I'm not more funny because my dad's actually so funny. I can remember conversations with him. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. I think we're going to have, you and my dad have to have a conversation. I think we're Isn't your dad a twin? My dad's a twin. And I'm going to have know twins. that. I'm putting that out in the universe. Twins. Just twins. You know, buy one, get one free. You're yeah, so Indian. So <laughs> Always looking for a deal. She's marketing herself as a kid as well. I'm just putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> no, that's you looking for a deal. Anyone who has twins, Raya thinks you bought one for free you got one for free I think I ate my twin in the womb jeez oh, that's why I have multiple personalities <laughs> I love that what is your secret talent my, well if I told you it wouldn't be a secret well, what's your hidden talent sure give me a ping pong ball I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> I am so confused <laughs> look at the guys killing themselves laughing Okay. I know what you did in Thailand. I know what you did in Thailand. <laughs> I know what's on your Google search history. <laughs> I actually uh, don't have a hidden talents apart from you might want to zoom in on this. I can flare my nostrils to a really good beat. <laughs> like if you give me a beat, my nostrils can dance okay. to it. Can someone give her a beat? Why don't you beatbox for us with no lips? Go girl. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> Come on, give us a little boom. I, I can't with my teeth like, like that. Like this? You can't. A boom boom. <laughs> a boom boom. Okay, let me try playing my nostrils while you beatbox. No? Am I going to have to beatbox and flare my nostrils at the same time? Okay, let's see. Well, maybe I just discovered a new talent. I can't do it at the same time. Yeah, okay, it's fine. Just flare your nostrils. <laughs> so now this is a problem. Because when I, I get emotional, this happens. So now can you imagine trying to do a crying scene? So like... <laughs> There's a lot happening, and for some reason, and I don't know why, but when I cry, I, I, it's my crying face. Like, I smile. So, in the scene, someone just died, but then you'll get, like, a glimpse of my character going. <laughs> so, so, if you have anyone that's really good at Botox and stuff, I think. We should go do it together. Yeah. I'm in. I mean, yeah. reaching 31, you know, these lines are growing. So, oh, um, you are older than me. That's cool. Google says I'm still 27. I am. I was lying. I'm actually 21. Um, so anyways, thank you so much for being here. This has felt like a therapy session. It really I think has it's been free a, therapy. Also, are you doing this to me? <laughs> You're slowly, slowly um, undressing you with my mind. Guys, stay tuned. A lot's happened in this podcast. Um, but as I was saying, it's been an honor and privilege to speak to you. I think it's been a long time coming. I almost immediately feel closer to you. Same. I think it we broke the ice with three cameras in front of us. 
Uh, Italian and a Mexican in the room too. So we, you're we'll Mexican. Okay, we'll talk about that later. And um, so I am so proud of you. I think you. what you're doing is exceptional. I think that you have so much to give to the world. You have so many lessons that a lot of people can learn from, and it's inspiring. And I feel very lucky to have heard your story and. And I'm really looking forward to you, and I'm cheerleading you all the way. I hope you do the movie with Keanu Reeves because I do need a boyfriend. And um, yeah, so thank you for being here. Thank and you for having me. This was a yes. huge cathartic experience that my heart and soul needed just to find another sister that I can connect with, share my journey with. And you're also doing amazing things. Thank you. And you're really helping the younger generation who went through what we went through. And I hope that lands well. And yeah, I I adore you. And you know, you have to. You really mean it when you say it in an accent because you're too emotional to say <laughs> yeah, it in your natural you know, voice. We're both not cryers. So yeah, like, guys, we literally cannot cry. No, we're trying really hard not to. Though. So I always end off my podcast by blowing a kiss to a camera. So you pick a camera. Oh, let's pick the middle one. One. This one. Oh, there it is. Three. Okay, that one. We can okay. do it to the middle one. we are changing it up. We are shooting at the iconic Bingley Place and Villa Ravenstein. These amazing locations are managed by Mikasa Property Management. Mikasa Property Management is a luxury holiday rental management company based in Camps Bay, Cape Town. They give homeowners and landlords in Cape Town freedom by taking all aspects of management off their hands while maximizing their rental property income. Because it seems like 